Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers, and welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And I'm telling you, people, this is the seventh season now of The Walking Dead. It is watched by more people in the history of cable TV. And one of the reasons that they watch it, one of the main reasons, is my guest today, Norman Reedus, who as an actor, you know, I've seen him in a lot of things. And if you're a Boondock Saints fan, you know who this guy is. But the great thing about Norman to me is that I never know where the hell he's going. I just can't figure him out. So it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. It really is. No, you can't be figured out. You can't be predicted. That's good. That's That's great because everybody else is. We're all put into this. Right. I mean, I I guess they try to do that with everybody, but... uh I always feel like it's it's better to have a little bit of mystery. I mean, it's hard to do that nowadays with social media and everyone's got a camera phone and and whatnot. But I think it's I think that it's it's nice to know to not know everything about people. Well, I know, which of course brings up the new season that's starting, right, where everybody right. is saying, "Does Daryl get killed? Does he die? Does right, Negan yeah. really take him down? What's going to happen?" So of course you're not going to tell me. You know. I can't tell you. I you don't want to. I don't me. think you don't. You don't oh, want to know. know. You don't want to know. But the fact is that when I see what's on social media or online, they always do these things where say, "Who's going to be the ones who die in this episode?" Yeah. And you have. They always have. He will die, and why he won't die. Right. Now with you, there's like reasons. I mean, we have little clues in that season six finale that it could be you because Negan. He's got that. He's got that bat Lucille with the barbed wire on it. He's like a right. scary dude. And then they say can't be Norman that goes because he's too popular. I, I mean, I think no one is uh, safe on that show. There's, I mean, no one is no safe one is on that safe. show. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Scott Gimple, our, our showrunner, is, he's, he's become very good at, at throwing people off the scent. You know, which I, you know, there's so many different groups that try to spoil our show and... Uh, you know, there's cameras outside all the time and trying to put the clues together and so forth. So he's become very good at, at throwing them off, which, which is a good thing, I think. When do you guys find out what's going to happen on the season that's coming up? You know, it's changed every year. Um, we used to get a bunch of scripts in advance, and then the show became more popular, and uh, uh, now we know right at the last minute. It's, it's even kept from us to, to the last minute. And um, we're kind of always on call and, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it's actually it's actually kind of helped us, I, I think, you know, f- in, you know, from being on the inside, uh, because uh, it's a lot like life. You always feel like you have more time with people and uh, you never know when it's going to come. And when it does come, it's such a shocker. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of worked its way into our just into our li- lifestyle. But you know, go back to this is like 2010, right? That this all starts. Yeah. And you're playing Daryl for the first time. He's like, we can't figure this guy out. You know, he's pretty quiet. He's pretty withdrawn. He looks a little dangerous. Yeah. His brother's even more dangerous than he is. How has he changed? He's changed a lot. I mean, I remember the first day on set. Um, trying to figure out this character and just, you know, everyone had already known each other because I didn't come on until episode three. They'd already done this big press junket and they were all buddies and and I came on and, you know, the first day I'm like supposed to like throw squirrels at this guy and I'm like, should I do this? Should I do this? You know, I'm like, how should I do this? And uh, 
I hadn't really bonded with the cast yet. And um, I, I walk out and I'm like, Merle, come on out here. And they tell him, tell me that he's up on a roof. And I kind of distanced myself from everyone and then turned around and just saw all these faces I'd never seen before. And, and from then on in, I, I, there on out, I just played him with a huge chip on his shoulder. Like, you know, and everything... Everything he said kind of came out of the side of his face, and he never looked you in the eyes when he spoke to you, and you know, unless he was like going to kill you or something. But that slowly has morphed into a character that's becoming proud of himself, and he's found a sense of self worth through these people, and people rely on him, and he's never had that before, and he's he's slowly becoming the man he would have never gotten a chance to become mm-hmm. if this apocalypse didn't happen. He was always going to be Merle. You know, so he's changed so much. Now everything he says is directly in your face. His shoulders are square mm-hmm. to you. He means everything he says. Uh, he's a no bullshit, non lying type of a guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And I, I think from the God, early he should stages, be running for president. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe the old Daryl should be running for president. president yeah. um, but he's he's changed a lot. He's changed so much. What were the toughest scenes for you to play? Oh man. Um, Killing my brother was really tough. Um, Even though Merrill wasn't at what I'd call a good guy, you know, he was a racist. Yeah, he, he was, had lots of problems, but he's your brother. He was, yeah. but he was yeah. my your brother, asshole. you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and Beth carrying Beth out when she I'm still not she over died, that. That yeah. was rough. Yeah. Um, but you know, like a testament to how tight that crew is mm-hmm. down there. And before we shot uh, me coming out with Emily, I sat on an igloo. Uh, you know, drink holder or whatever, um, in a corner and just cried for about 45 minutes as the crew members walked by me. So I just saw feet going by me and they let me do that to be ready to go do that scene. And that, to not feel uh, like a spectacle or have no feeling of, you know, humiliation or, or vulnerability, it's, you know, it, it was... That's how tight that crew is. They just, you know, Norman's going to sit over here and just cry. Let's work <laughs> around him and everyone kind of keep quiet. Like, that, you don't get to do that on, you know, other sets so much. And uh, I've seen everybody on our cast do stuff like that. And, you know, I can look at our focus puller and he'll be like, Good. you know, like, and I, tr- I trust his thing, you know. And, and we all have that bond. And it's a, it's a very rare job, you know. Well, you, you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, and I'm suffering through it, and I'm... Well, you're suffering during scenes like that. Oh, yeah. But it's also cool to be the badass with the crossbow. It is. You know, it, it's it's cool to do a lot of those things, but there are seasons where it's, like, it's, it's you know, kill-oriented, and then uh, I'm doing cool stuff, and I'm blowing things up, and I'm shooting rocket launchers at bikers, and I'm doing lots of cool stuff. And then there's, other, then there's equal amount of time when I'm, it's just pure suffering, and this season, there's a lot of suffering. And, and so it's, it's, it's an emotionally draining um, show sometimes, which, which we love as well. But one thing that Daryl doesn't seem to really get is a sex life. <laughs> right. What? Yeah. what is it? I don't when know. When I thought you... it was going to happen with Beth, she dies. Yeah. I don't know. With Carol, there seems to yeah. be even a possibility now. But why? Is that something that you're talking to the writers about? I have spoken to them about it. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, once you do that, it's done. And I don't think Daryl's the type of character that's just going to throw you up against a tree in the moonlight and 
do it. I think like I think he's although it's a good scene. It would be yeah. fun scene. I would not <laughs> yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah, um, right, it would be. But yeah. the uh, I I feel like he's such a like, he's such a loyal animal. Like I feel like when he does that, he's gonna be with that person forever. I don't I don't I don't think he was set up or raised or in a way that it's uh, he's a show off in any way. I feel like once he gets over this wall, which he's getting over this wall, the he's going to be very honest in everything he does and I think he's super loyal. I always you know, describe him as kind of like if if you saw like like a coyote in an alley and it was raining, uh, you and if you fed him, he would just follow you forever. And I think he's kind of like that with matters of the heart. And I think when it happens it's gonna happen. So uh, you know, I mean, I've said things like that before, but it's, it's, I think it's true. I really do. But maybe that's what's attractive to people. I've seen many panels that you've done at Comic-Con and places like that where you get people attracted to you for the sometimes really strange reasons. I've seen somebody say, can I basically dry hump your leg? And you're very good about it. <laughs> I think I let her. Yes, yeah, she did. You know, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So you're good to the fans. <laughs> well, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I appreciate, you know, the fans to the show and the fans to the character and all that stuff. I mean, some requests are a little crazier than others, but... Uh, what was the craziest you ever got? Oh, jeez. I'm wearing a knee brace right now because really? a large, uh, muscular woman hugged me and lifted me off the ground and ripped me sideways and it ripped my knee, so I'm, I'm hobbling around with a knee brace under the suit. Um, you know, and I, I mean, you know... Indestructible Daryl. <laughs> wrong because it hurts. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, sometimes you just you just, you just get tackled, you know. And then sometimes people cry. Yeah, you know, it's all different. Well, I mean, you've always said before that in the movies you've done and other material that you've acted in that you tend to kill people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, where does that come from? I think I just have one of those faces. I don't know. Oh, like, no, no. Because beady little the, eyes and, you know. It's not true. We all feel for Daryl. You yeah. let us feel for him. Yeah, but, you know, originally Daryl showed up to rob everyone. He That's did. Really, he and Merle were going to rob all those yeah. people. Um, and, and, not, and unlike a movie where you have, you know, an hour and a half to tell mm-hmm. a story, I, I've had years to, to show all the little things about this character and... Yeah, some seasons I'm really featured in, some seasons I'm not as featured in. Um, but the scenes that they give me all show a little turning point in Daryl, and, and sometimes you have to look at them all as a group. But, you know, they've, they've been very careful with me, and, and at the same time, they've thrown me out there. So it's, it's I don't know what, what the large-scale attraction is totally, but, but when we're doing something and I feel it, I kind of get it. And then I step back, and then I don't know. And then I kind of do something, and I feel it. And then I don't know. I think it's better that I don't know, to be honest. Well, it's what I was saying in the beginning, though. There's, there's something about you that we can't just say, oh, I know exactly what he's going to do, because it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. But you've done a lot of dark material. Yeah. This is something that you're attracted to. Do you, do you love, like, uh, the horror genre? Um, I like watching good people do bad things, and I, watch, I like watching bad people do good things. Um, I like that sort of contradiction. Um, uh, you know, I think in the beginning, I mean, in the very beginning, I think the first movie I did, I cried, pretty, like, the whole time. And then I got a bunch of crying scripts, you know. And then I killed someone, and then I got a bunch of killing scripts, it, you know. 
crying you, and killing now. Yeah, yeah. If you can do that, that's great. That yeah. one you did with Debbie Harry, where she's your mother. Oh yeah. That was a, an unusual character. Yeah, and then I six wastes Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Then I have sex with her and kill her and take her dead body on a bus. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not your usual. You know, yeah. It was fun. Was it fun? It was really fun. Do you and Debbie Harry get together and reminisce about it? Um, We, I see Debbie every once in a while. I mean, she she was so cool. She kind of took on. She's a friend and and sort of like a mother figure in a way that she's she was very protective of me when we did all that and. And I'm a big H.R. Giger fan, and she, you know, she's like, "Come to my apartment." She's showing me like, you know, dog armor that he did on on VHS tape, and you know, he did a, that great portrait of her with the the needle through her face, and um, she's just a really, a, a really, really cool woman, you know. Well, you've worked with that. It seems that you and Andrew Lincoln get along on, on oh, the show along in great. life, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we prank each other all the time. And what have you done to him that's really gotten to him? Oh, jeez, I filled his his trailer full of chickens, um, live or dead, alive, <laughs> big mean ones. And then I <laughs> really, yeah. And then uh, I I filled his air conditioner in his car full of glitter. So every time he turns on, glitter goes all over him, which was because it's you know it's like a hundred degrees, so you have to just <laughs> suffer through it. And then the last one, he took my motorcycle and put it on a boat and pushed it out in the middle of a lake with a sex doll on it. Um, yeah. I mean, he's like, I have to say, he's kind of my BFF. And, and I also want to say, like, the work that he did, he did this year and just overall that he's done, it's, it's so good. Like, that guy deserves an award, for real. Um, I think this, this season I'm going to campaign to try to get him nominated because... He's so good. He's he's the quarterback of our actors. You know, he's the first one there. He's the last one to go home. He's whenever you have a, whenever any actor on the scene has a difficult scene that they want to talk about, they call Andy, and he has the time to, to go through. He's he really deserves it. You know, I really want to push for him to, to win something. You we'll know? start a campaign. You know, I will. Everybody I seems to be running for something now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is it. Yeah, yeah. This is it. So you're all. It sounds like everybody's getting along down there. And they if do. they're not, yeah. they're probably one of the people that yeah. die. You know, I right. just don't know how that happens. Yeah, everybody yeah. really does get along. get along. They really, really do. They really care for each other. And, you know, I remember doing movies early on and, you know, I'd be crying here and the camera would be here and the actor I'm crying to is like looking over his shoulder going, can you give me a cappuccino? And I'm like, is this how this works? Like, you know, and uh, it's not like that on the show. Like... If you're doing a scene and no one else is supposed to be there that day, and it's a it's a big scene, they'll all come and watch and root <laughs> you on, and and nobody is above ask, asking the actor they're working with like, what do you should I try this? Like, what do you think about this? Like, and they'll give you the honest answer because they want you to do the best job. It's 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 a very tight tight group there. And yet you have so many other things on your plate. Mm-hmm. You, know? uh, you have. A new show that was on this summer, Riding with Norman Reedus, right? Yeah. That was, you're on your motorcycle with a lot of people visiting places. Yeah. Is that coming back? It's, Ride just got picked up for a second season, and uh, we'll start See, that so in if January. it doesn't work out for you at The Walking Dead, you still have your motorcycle show. I kind of got some good gigs going on right now, I won't <laughs> yeah. lie. I'm kind of lucky at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll pick that back up, and we're talking about going to, you know, possibly going overseas this year, and... and you know, uh, some cool guests and stuff. It, it, that that shows a lot of fun. It's it, uh, I'm a big fan of Anthony Bourdain, and we're 
kind of trying to follow in Anthony's footsteps because he's the king of it without the food. <laughs> a little bit of food. Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, and some of the people that work on his show work on this show. And uh, he's a big influence for sure. Um, but yeah. So we'll and I hear there might be a Boondock Saints 3. You know, I didn't say that. I don't know where we'll that's coming from. It's, it's all over the internet, but I didn't say that. I don't. <laughs> okay. They just. I think. You know. I think if I said that, I said that like a year ago when there was talk of it, and then the talk went away. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I'm not opposed to doing another one, of course, because those are a lot of fun. But no, uh, the, what was there a decade between one and two? Well, the, that was because there was a lawsuit happening, and uh. we had a ten a ten year contract, and so. At the end of that 10 year, there was just a bunch of people in, in a room, a bunch of lawyers watching the clock, and then they hit 12, and they all signed. It was literally like that. So that's why there was that, that big of a jump between those two. Well, I think your fans want to see you do any number of things to do that, but because you do like horror. I'm interested in what you said about that. You, you have a quote about, what is it, the devils cry and the angels stab you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you like, that there's two things going on? I do, What yeah. are those horror movies that you grew up on that you love? That you would say to people to watch that have a little of that quality in it. Well, I like that. I'm a The Exorcist was the first movie I really fell in love with. That one and The Omen. I really like The Omen. Um, you know, I, I have an art show that's about to show in Paris, and it's uh, photographs of mine uh, that I've taken in a lot of those images. Uh, are horrific, but there's something really beautiful in them. I've always, I've always liked to. Uh, to, to find something really pretty in, in stuff like that. I mean, you know, Joel Peter Wickens, one of my favorite photographers. I like Goya. I like, I, I like images that, that uh, are romantically horrific, you know? And I think that's kind of where I was headed with that quote. Well, it's a good contrast, but yeah. what about the zombie movie genre? Besides what you're in, are there any of those you love? Well, I mean, the zo- you know, one of my favorites was Return of the Living Dead, but I think that was mostly because of the soundtrack. It had, like, you know... <laughs> TSOL and all these bands in it, um, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as zombies, the uh, you know Night of the Living Dead uh, is is one of them. I'm, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter's movies, um, uh, you know, f- from The Fog, and you know I, I actually got a chance to work with John once. Um, but you know, it's it's not just zombie movies. Um, I mean, you know, there's I, I like Jaws. You know, I like I like you know the ambience around you know Donna. I like all that build-up and suspense. But it's not about scaring you. It's beyond that, what you like, isn't it? I I think I'm hard to scare, to be honest. (laughs) Did Um, anything ever scare you? uh, You know, I I, I was hit by a bus in Berlin and have a titanium eye socket. Sure, just like throw that in there. I I mean, you just hit by while in a car. I was in a car, yeah, uh, but I went through the window. But, but, But what I was saying is like, I went through that, and that was scary. But then I kind of was like in the hospital, like, yeah, you know, this happened. I'll just get over it. And, but then again, if I like lose my keys, I freak out for like an hour. You know what I mean? Or if I bend down to pick something up and I missed it, I got to go back down and get it again. I'm like, it's freaking those, they'll like ruin my day. But, uh, you know, getting hit by a bus, was I just got hit by a bus. But that but, must uh, have been a long recuperation from something like that. It was that. a long time. Do you have a titanium socket? I do. Was your face messed up? It was, looked like a hamburger, yeah. Um, so what, is you, what do you say to yourself as an actor? Well, you know what I did is I, I was in the hospital in Berlin, and uh, I had a director friend that I'd worked with, a German director, who kind of came and translated what the doctors were saying. And it was... I, I had surgery after surgery after surgery, and this would have to go down to do more surgery. And uh, and while I was in there, I, I he brought me. I asked for those little army men, 
and I set up army men all over the floor and I wrote a script about being inside the head of Miles Davis and I took a little camera and I did all the camera moves and I was, I was uh, faxing uh, the pages of this to a producer in LA and then I snuck out of the hospital uh, a week early and that director got me on a plane and I went to LA with like my face bandaged up and one eye covered and all purple and uh, directed at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in there, they have a spooky ballroom, directed this thing about being inside the head of Miles Davis. And I got that uh, idea from an article I read about Miles where he was doing an interview and he was just torturing everyone in the room. So I did that while I was there. Oh, uh, the good thing. Yeah. So jazz is a big. I mean, you have a teenage son who's yeah, called Mingus. Whose birthday's today? Uh, today, yeah. Mingus. Happy Mingus. birthday to Thanks, you. Well, how old is he now? He's se- he's sixteen now. Sixteen? Yeah. No, he's seventeen. What am I wow. saying? He's seventeen. Seventeen to that. Jeez, time flies. Is yeah. it Charlie Mingus? His name? Absolutely. Yeah, wow. Charlie Mingus. So is he a fan of The Walking Dead? He's a fan of The Walking Dead. He used to sort of watch it like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I went to go pick him up from school, and he had this. A long time ago, like six years ago, he had this big smile on his face. I'm like, what are you smiling about? And he's like, some of the bigger kids is like, your dad, Daryl Dixon? And he's like, yes, yeah. so he was getting like big kid love. So mm-hmm. now he's in it. But now, now he watches it and tells me what I do wrong and how we should have shot it like this and not that. Everyone's and, a know. critic. You know, yeah, you just totally. have to deal with that. Yeah. Well, you know, this show ends always in song. Uh-oh. Something musical. Uh-oh. Oh, you're not, nothing scares you. <laughs> no. I, I thought Donna, 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 Donna. You... I hear you can do the omen theme. The omen theme? Yeah. Jeez, uh, how did that go? Uh, yeah. Ha, 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 da, wait, how did it go? I'm waiting for you. Ha, ha, da, 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 da. No, wait, I, I'm mixing it with Jaws now. Well, then, there must be a song in your heart and in your head that you're keeping to yourself. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah. yours. Of course. But sure. I'm, I'm thinking of the omen theme in my head. How's it go? Sing it. Just, I can't do it. <laughs> I'd love to do it if you started it, but you I think went. It was a, ha ha, da, da, da. isn't that it? Oh, my theme? Ha. No, no way. No. <laughs> it's like no. I we don't I, have to pay for the rights to that. All right, good. <laughs> anyway, Norman, thank yeah, you so a pleasure, much. Man. That was really yeah. great. Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.